Thank you. This morning, you have your Bibles. You'll notice this passage is a story of a blind man that had no way to get his sight back. And many of us in this room, uh, oh, we're not blind physically. Maybe some of us carry a weight. Maybe there's a burden in your heart. But we're like blind Bartimaeus. We don't seem to have an answer. And I want to encourage your heart this morning that there's a great God in heaven that loves you and knows your name and that's willing to help you if we're willing to trust him. And I want to just take this little story and sort of apply it to our hearts and lives today. Everybody in this room carries something. Well, it's either an insecurity, it's a hurt, uh, it's a fear, um, it, it's a concern. And if we're not careful, that will begin to take a lot of our time and thought. Maybe you're here today and you've laid your head down on your pillow from time to time and wondered what's going to happen if you die. You can get that settled today. Maybe you're here today and uh, you're a businessman, but you're uh, concerned about your business or you're concerned about your future. Maybe you're a young person and you're here today and I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. You want to do His will, but I just don't know. Well, I, I want us to take a little bit of this um, and just apply it to our lives. You remember as we were looking at this property, four and a half years ago. Um, we had spent a long time praying about where the Lord wanted our church to be. Um, if you remember at the old site, we were parking on the, on the fields and people were parking on the grass and, um, you know, the school couldn't grow anymore. And, and just we just felt like we needed a new home that we could have people, more people to come. Um, that we could have a place for people to park their cars. Wouldn't have to walk or carpool. And this place here was too small for what we were looking at. And then the Lord provided an opportunity to go through the county to get the ball fields in the wall, behind the wall. And, and we'd spent three and a half years and a lot of money. And the night before, our attorney called and said that one of the supervisors said, you don't have the votes to get your approval tomorrow. Well, I didn't want to come back into this room and say, it didn't work. I didn't have any answer. I needed the Lord Jesus to do something that was impossible. And so I called some of you, some of our deacons, and we began to pray, fast and pray for the next night. And I don't know how the Lord did it, but he changed their hearts. Many of you were there. It is embedded in my memory that the Lord can do anything if we ask him, trust him, and it's a part of his will for our lives. 
And today, this story of a blind man, I want to just draw your attention to a few things about it. Number one, I want you to notice, he took charge of his own life. In other words, he took responsibility for this blindness and said, I want to do something about it when the opportunity came. Well, today, there's an opportunity for everybody in this room that's carrying a weight to get rid of it. Give it to the Lord. Come, to, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You don't have to walk out of here with the same hurts or the same bitterness or the same frustration. You can give it over to a God in heaven, the God in heaven that knows your name and loves you. He watched you sit down. He knows the seat you're sitting in. He sees your thoughts afar off, and he loves you enough to give his only son for your soul. Nobody on this earth loves you more. And so I see here blind Martimaeus. He's sitting on the highway side begging. Um, we, have, uh, we have welfare in our country. We help people. Uh, we have uh, special parkings for people that are handicapped. And this day and era, nothing of us that was like that. You sat on the highway side, and if you couldn't see, you couldn't plow, you couldn't do a normal day's work, so you were relegated to begging. And so here, blind Bartimaeus sits on the highway side. He's got his cup, and he says, uh, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And he could say, at least I'm not like the lepers. I'm only blind. But I'm sure he had been to doctors. I'm sure he had tried everything. You'll notice the story here. Uh, Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number followed now, everybody at this point in time has heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. He's healed people. He's done miracles. Everybody's heard about him. He's finished the Sermon on the Mount, and there were thousands and tens of thousands on the Sermons on the Mount that heard his, his, his preaching for uh, Matthew 6, 7, and 8, and 5, 6, and 7, and 8. And so his fame has gone all over. Well, he hears the people talking. He hears a great way off. If you're blind, your senses of taste, smell, and hearing are enhanced. And he could tell somebody's coming. A lot of people are coming. Maybe it's my chance to get a little extra. And then he heard somebody, I'm assuming, listen, he says in verse number 47, he said, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, nobody's talking to him. But he overhears it. Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Uh, and there were people with him, and he said, that's the guy that heals people. That's the guy that claims to be God. And you know, I've heard, and somehow he had heard something about Jesus that caused his faith to be increased. And so he had a couple choices. He could do what the crowd told him. Be quiet. Notice, if you would, Look in verse number, uh, verse number 47. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Would you be quiet? You're just a blind man. Be quiet. He's come to Jericho. The religious leaders and, and all the leaders of the city, we're, we're excited to see him. Would you be quiet? Verse 48. But he cried the more a great deal. He lifted up his voice. He increased the intensity. Jesus, 
Will you help me? To the point to where the Lord stopped. Now, you notice he took responsibility for himself. If you're carrying a weight, you've got to say, i got to take care of this. I've got to do something myself. You have to look at it and say, what can I do? And then we have to do it. That responsibility for yourself, um, you need to realize you've got a soul. Everybody in this room has got a soul. It's going someplace, heaven or hell. And you've got to take responsibility for that. I wished I could. I would trust Christ for you if I could. Because I know the benefit of that. And I, I know the result of not trusting the Lord. It's not about Temple Baptist Church. It's about you and the Lord. He's the creator of all the universe. He put it all together. He's made heaven for you and I. He made hell for the old devil. But sinners, we have to realize you've got to take responsibility for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room's a sinner. Nobody. This is a hospital, folks. This is not a place for people with, uh, with $1,000 suits and $500 shoes and, and uh, jewelry and, and all that. We're sinners. We're just like Blind Bartimaeus, the only difference is we're covered up a little bit better. But all of us have got burdens and needs and cares. The question is, will we just tolerate it? Or will we say, I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to try to get help for it. I, I remember as a teenage boy, the night before I got saved, tossing and turning in my bed, holding on to my bed for fear that that the Lord, I might die that night and miss heaven. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I was lost. But I knew the Lord loved me. And I knew the Lord died, sent his son to die to save me, but I hadn't yet taken responsibility and gone to Jesus Christ and said, Lord Jesus, will you forgive me? You see, it's a personal thing. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a promise, but it's both promised and purposeful. It is a personal thing between you and the God of heaven. Have you taken the time? Have you taken the time to say, Lord, it's me. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to go to heaven. Would you save me? I talked to someone yesterday sitting in their home, and they said, Pastor, I, I trusted Christ in the first service at your new church. I said, you did? They said, yeah. I said, I, I didn't know that. They said, yeah. When it was time for dedicating the new church, I got saved. I came down to the altar, knelt down here, and trusted Christ as Savior. And I, I'm a little bit timid, so I didn't tell anybody. I said, well, that's wonderful going to be baptized soon. Um, she would like to be baptized in the Potomac River with nobody there. I said, well, you, you come to the Lord. You want people to rejoice with you. Um, could we, uh, this Sunday, somebody's going to be baptized this Sunday. Uh, what do you, you want to join them? Uh, uh, I, I do want to be baptized, but how about a Wednesday night? Um, tell me when the least people are going to be there. I said, well, I don't know, uh, but I want to be baptized. I want to do it for the Lord's sake. But you know, carrying a weight for all these years, 
is not necessary. But you have to take responsibility for yourself. You know, I, I married a very sweet lady, and uh, we were out walking, and she tripped and fell and, and broke her, her cheek in three places and her wrist in two. And whenever we got, I got her up and set her on a rock and said, I'll take you to the hospital. And, and she says, no, can we just put it off? I, I think it'll be okay. And I'm seeing, and I'm wrist hurting. And I said, honey, you need to go to the hospital. Um, you know, I, look. All of us have fears. How many of you love to go to the doctor? That's what I thought. Not too many people like to go to the doctor. I don't because they end up thinking a shot is good for you. I never think shots are good for you. But they think, well, let me give you a test. Let me run you over here. Let me run you here. Let me run you. They're trying to do what's best for you. But if we don't take care of ourselves, we can make things worse. And we usually do spiritually. When we don't say, I'll take responsibility for this right now, and I'm going to work on it, I'm going to get it taken care of. You can't save your own soul. You can't get rid of some things in your heart. You need the Lord Jesus to help you. And yet, you've got to take responsibility. But number two, uh, you've got to trust somebody. I want you to notice, if you would, I love this part. Notice, if you would, in verse 47, uh, and, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, somehow he had heard some story about Jesus calming the waters of the sea. Uh, he had heard some story about uh, someone being raised from the dead, or he had heard some of the story about when the four uh, men had someone that was paralytic. Uh, they tore the roof off a house and let him down because they couldn't get to him, and Jesus healed him. Uh, he heard some story, and he said, then Jesus could heal my eyes. And so I'm going to trust him to do it. And all of this apparently is transpiring on this day at this moment because he didn't know Jesus was coming through. And maybe you didn't realize this morning that the Lord Holy Spirit was going to touch your heart about something. You're worried about your future. You're worried about your health. You're worried about this or that. Uh, do you understand worry is a, a sinful thing and I do it, and you do it, and we all do it, because it's the opposite of trust. The Lord Jesus wants you and I to trust Him. Now, I want you to notice, look if you would, in verse number 47, He said, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, he said, Lord, please have mercy on me. I need you. Look in verse number 48. And many charged him that he would hold his peace. Uh, there's always going to be people say, look, uh, there's a better way to get to heaven. You, you don't have to worry about this. Uh, look, go to this doctor or this person or that person. Many times you and I can go to the Lord Jesus on our knees and get help for this worry we've got, this burden we carry. Obviously, physical things. Uh, you break an arm, you need to go to the doctor. But you'll notice if you would look in verse number uh, 48. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He cried the more a great deal. He lifted his voice and became louder and more intense and more desperate. And I think that's one thing that we don't get is desperate for help. And Lord, I need your help. When, when there's something that's beyond your control, it causes us to get desperate if we really want a solution. Well, you'll notice, if you would, verse 49, what happens? 
And Jesus stood still. He stopped. And Jesus will stop for you if you ask him to. You say, well, pastor, I'm a nobody. Lower than a poor blind man? You're important to the Lord. Notice if you would, and Jesus stood still. Now I can imagine the blind man can't see him. So he's still crying out for help. And he commanded him to be called. So Jesus said, bring him to me. Now, he, he, he didn't say, come, because he, he couldn't come. He needed somebody to help him. And notice he said, commanded him to be called. Watch this. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. Now, when you notice, the next verse will tell you how much he trusted the Lord. And notice what it says. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. No blind man casts anything away unless he's sure that he can find it again. Because it's lost. He can't see it. But he hears that Jesus says, bring him to me. And in his heart he said, he's going to heal me. I know it. And he takes his garment and he throws it away. He said, I'll get another one. But I know that's going to happen. Do you see the faith, the trust he has in the Lord? And so there are times whenever you and I have to get up and throw something away and say, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm going to trust the Lord. I know he can help me. There's got to be a trust in the Lord or no one can help. I'm, I'm reminded in this passage here, look what happens in verse 49. Jesus stood still, commanded to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Hey, the crowd didn't have the hope, but they said, Hey, uh, be encouraged. He wants to talk to you. But the blind man throws his thing, his, his garment away, saying, I know he's going to do more than talk. And all I want you to understand today is if you have the courage to go to Jesus Christ with whatever is weighting you down, he will help you. If you have your Bible, turn me, if you would, to Hebrews, near the back of your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. I want you to notice this passage. Hebrews chapter 12. You'll see this. Verse number one. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you and I are being watched by all the saints that have gone on before us. If you've got a mother or a dad that was saved and they've gone to heaven, like my mom and dad and my grandparents, they're watching today. And notice what he says, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. You and I, the way we run the race of life is by keeping our eyes upon Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I've got this weight. I, I, I want to I, I throw it away. Lord, I've got this weight. I, I, can't, I can't handle it. Lord, I've got this secret sin that nobody knows about. But I sure would like to be delivered from it. Thy word, if I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. There is an answer. And the Lord Jesus said, I'll help you with it. Today, you don't have to leave here. Carrying your worries, your burdens. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be up here. 
But he has helped me on so many occasions that it, it almost feels like, Lord, why are you being so good to me? He loves to be good to his children, all of you. We sort of think the only thing I should pray about is a broken arm. But that's not true. We pray about uh, uh, the sleep for the next night. We pray about uh, a fear that we've got about tomorrow. Uh, how many of you have things on your calendar for next week that you're not looking forward to? Anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. But i got things on my calendar next week I'm not looking forward to. Well, trust him to see you through it. Folks, this is not just a Sunday morning thing. This is a daily walk with Jesus Christ that most Christians know nothing about. And so we carry weights and burdens every day of our life. And the Lord didn't save us for that. He saved us to run to win. But we have to trust him to do that. Not only do you have to take responsibility and trust him, but uh, you've got to turn to the right source for strength. Uh, if, if you would, notice if you would, um, in verse number, uh, verse number 51, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do with thee? The Lord Jesus knew what he needed, and the Lord knows what we need, but he wants to hear us say it. He wants us, he, he wants, he wants us to trust him. Lord, would you help me? Notice, if you would, the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. How clear is that? Lord, I want to see again. Lord, uh, notice what he says. He says, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The Lord says, what is it that you want? He cried out for mercy, but he never said publicly, Lord, heal my eyes. He just said, Lord, help me, have mercy on me. So he comes to Jesus Christ. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Folks, if there's a God in heaven and we're walking right, then he's willing to hear. The Lord's arm is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is here heavy, but your sins and iniquities have separated between you and your God. The only time the Lord doesn't hear my prayers is whenever I let something get between he and I. I let a, a hurt stick. And I'm driving my car and somebody cuts me off and I have the wrong thoughts. Is there anybody here other than me that ever has that happen? Um, uh, or, or uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm driving along and, and uh, uh, now my wife does not like me to honk. She's from Rosebud, Arkansas, which they have 482 people, probably 25, 30 horses, a couple of dogs and cats. And when they pull up to a stop sign, that guy might sit there for a little while. Um, they don't care. It's not like here. I got 13 minutes to get to work. How many of you know what I'm talking about like that? Okay. So when we pull up behind somebody and they're sitting there and, uh, you know, my, my wife, she'll, I'll look over her. And it's like, don't hawk, don't hawk. I'm sitting like saying, can I bump him or something? You know, Lord, I'm sorry. Would you help me with my... Now, I don't ever pray, Lord, help me with my patience. I'm smarter than that. Can anybody tell me why or how you get helped with patience? Can anybody tell me? 
Tribulation worketh patience. I don't want tribulation. If I need patience, you just give it to me whenever you think it's necessary. But don't tell me it's coming. But now, there are times whenever I'm, Lord, please help me. I, I, I didn't. The other day, a while back, you know, building the buildings and I'm busy as I can be. And somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, did you know that your tags are out? I went, oh, what a bad testimony. The preacher's tags are out. And then somebody else comes up a little bit later and says, Pastor, did you know your inspection stickers expired? I went, oh. It's like, man, what am I thinking? And so I'm worried about it, and how can I get in? So I go over there to get in the line, and it's three deep. And he, uh, look, look, when, when do you not have anybody here? He says, I don't know. Just got to show up and wait. Oh, Lord, could you help me figure this out? And I go up there, and nobody's in line. It just happened to be the particular time of day. That wasn't by accident. Last night I'm driving by to get something to eat. And this place where I went is always packed with parkings. No parking. Lord, I could park way over there, but if you could give me a parking here, I'd sure appreciate it. One parking left. I want you to know something. I've gotten used to praying about just about everything. You know why? Because I'm pretty desperate about a lot of things. I'm praying about that playground, the inspection on it. I'm praying about those ball fields. And that last natural resources person, whoever they are, that needs to get their heart right and look at our plans. And I'm praying, Lord, would you zap them or bless them, but help them look at it? Lord, I, I need your help. Folks, do you understand? You can pray about everything because your heavenly Father loves you. What is it you want me to do? He knew he was blind and he knows every one of your burdens. He just wants to hear you say, Lord, I need you to help me. We don't do it very often. You know why? It's the same reason people don't get saved when the gift of eternal life is available for everybody, it's because you've got to do this. Lord, I need help. We're a prideful people. Americans are proud. Pride in a good way. We love our country. Pride in a lot of good ways. But pride in a bad way is, I don't want to burden you with this. I think we carry weights we don't need to because we don't turn to Him and trust Him. Today, are you carrying a weight you don't have to? There's a young man in 1913. He was six years old. He and his brother's job was to go to the schoolhouse and light up the oven. The, the stove to get it warm for everybody. He was six. His brother was nine. Don't know how it happened, but somebody exchanged the kerosene can with a gasoline can, and he didn't know it. So what they always do is they go in and they soak all the wood with kerosene, and then when you throw the match on it, it, it burns easier. It gets the room hotter quicker. 
Well, I don't have to tell you what happens with gasoline. It exploded. It killed his brother. And it burned him from the waist down. He's six years old. His sister comes and helps him get out of the burning schoolhouse. He's unconscious for days. All the toes are gone on his left foot. His transverse arch is ruined. He hears when he's in his, in his, in his consciousness, he hears the doctor saying he'll not make it. We don't think. And then a few days later, he, he'll never walk again. Let us take his legs. And his mother and father get together and said, you can't take his legs no matter what. Okay, it's going to be awful. Okay. So for two years, the boy can't walk. His mother goes out. But you know what his favorite verse was? He's a Christian. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not faint and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He quoted that verse over and over. His mother saw him fall out of his wheelchair and start crawling on his legs to a picket fence. He pulled himself on the picket fence and drug himself. The doctor said he'll never walk again. He drug himself along that fence until there was no more grass for months. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. Shall walk and not faint. Well, one day his mother looks outside and he's standing on the fence, holding the fence. And then she sees him back up from the fence and she sees him walk. I don't have to tell you the joy for that family. But there's a trust in that young man. But you know that verse says, he took it literal. They that wait upon the Lord, they'll run and not be weary. Did you know that young man became the world record holder of the one mile in 1936 without toes on his feet? Aaron Judge just lost six weeks of baseball because his big toe and next toe were jammed. And this young man set a world record with no toes. How does that happen? Lord, would you help me? I know this is impossible. Did you know he actually made this comment? It hurt less to run than to walk. So he ran everywhere. He set the national schoolboy record for the one-mile run in high school and then the world record with no toes, no transverse arch. If you saw the pictures of his legs, they weren't normal. But they shall renew their strength. Today, Glenn Cunningham is in heaven today. But he was the last man to hold the world record before the four-mile broke, the four-mile minute, four-minute mile was broken. But he had no toes. But he had trust. Today, do you have something you need to take to the Lord? He loves you.
He can do anything. Are you carrying a bitterness or hurt? Give it to the Lord. He loves you. And run again. Let's bow forward to prayer. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Maybe you're here today. You need to be trust Christ as Savior. Maybe you're here today and uh, you need to be baptized. You need to tr- join our church. You need to be. Uh, you need to come to the Lord and say, "Lord, I got this burden. Would you help me? I don't know about my future. Would you? Would you come this morning and talk to the Lord? He loves you." Remember, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. And there's evident proof. Oh, you'll never walk again. You'll not even live. Lord, I'll trust you. Father, would you speak to heart this morning? I know there are people in this room that carry a weight. Lord, they're afraid to kneel at this altar because... For whatever reason, would you remove their fears and help them to come to you? And Lord, if there are those here today that have never trusted you as Savior, would you help them to trust you as their own Lord and Savior? Father, to leave here with the greatest peace they've ever known. Lord, I ask your rich blessing upon the people in this place because you are God and nothing's impossible for you if we come to you. In your name we pray, amen. Stand to our feet if you would, please. Well, Scott's going to lead us in a verse of uh, 639. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. If you need to come this morning, some have come for baptism. You need to trust the Lord. You come. This verse is for you. Will you come? Oh, soul, are you weary and tried? Come right ahead. Whatever the Lord needs you. Carrying a burden, you don't have to carry it with you anymore. There's light for a look at the Savior And life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Gather, know the words Don't leave this morning carrying that same weight you brought in And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace through death into life everlasting he passed and we followed him there over us sin no more hath dominion for more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the you to go ahead and be seated. We have something special this morning. We have a baptism. And if you would, go ahead and take your songbooks so you can look on the screen. We're going to be singing page 343, Springs of Living Water. We'll sing these verses until he's ready.
I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But to the blessed cross of Christ one day I came, where springs of living water did abound. Drinking at the springs of living water, happy now am I, my soul is satisfied. Drinking at the springs of living water, oh, wonderful and bountiful supply. Second verse, how sweet the living water from the hills of God. It makes me glad and happy all the way. Now glory, grace, and blessing mark the path I trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day. This is uh, Olivia Shenuda, and her, the, her father's the one with the camera down here. Um, she wants to uh, let the Lord know she's thankful to be a Christian. She's trusted Christ as Savior. So, Olivia, upon your word that you've trusted Christ as Savior, I baptize thee, my sister, in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, buried him in his death, raised in his resurrection. Amen. It's always a joy when we see our children baptized. They trust the Lord as Savior. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed this morning. Visitors, please stop by the Welcome Center. Uh, I will dry off my clothes real quick and be out there in a few minutes, okay? But Scott, would you come and pray? It's uh, a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the way you've encouraged us this morning to look to Jesus. Uh, Lord, thank you for the obedience of Olivia. Uh, Lord, to follow you in believer's baptism. Uh, Father, I pray that you would use her testimony uh, as she lives to you to draw other people to yourself. Lord, help us as we go our separate ways. Bring us back safely tonight. We love you. And ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are dismissed.